podcast talking about high school and college sports right here in Central Illinois. I'll discuss what I saw in the past week, what's coming up on Channel 1450, and what we're looking forward to. Episode 50 is here. We are two weeks away from a full year of y'all listening to me ramble every single week for an entire year. And for that, I thank you and I thank Northwestern Mutual for being the official sponsor of this podcast. They probably already have their summer interns set for this season, but if you're interested in working for them or learning more about what they have to offer, let them know I sent you when you go check out their awesome website or Facebook page, Northwestern Mutual, here in Springfield. Now, we are two weeks away from a full year, and then I'll probably take a couple weeks off before we start talking fall football. Speaking of that, I just learned of a pretty big-time transfer that will be talked about this fall and definitely next spring. Springfield High sophomore Jack Sweeney is headed to Rochester. Pretty big-time talent on the baseball and football field. That's a big-time transfer. Anyway, back to this week. One team left for the 2021-2022 sports season. Glenwood Baseball. And if you would have told me that in March, I would probably believe you. This group has been on a mission since last year's sectional title game against Springfield, and you can certainly see that. We'll talk more about that with this week's guest. Glenwood senior Eli Curtis is coming up first. What I saw in the past week, starting with last Thursday, Muhammad Seymour beat Springfield High Baseball in the 3A Champagne sectional semifinal. Blake Walters, the Purdue commit, gets the job done and eliminates the Senators before they can get to the rematch with Glenwood in the sectional title game this season. On Friday, we went to state baseball at the 2A level in Peoria for Moreau Forsyth, and they lose a pitcher's duel to Richmond Burton in heartbreaking fashion and have to settle for fourth place at state. Nothing to hang their heads about considering they made school history by getting to state and dominated all season long. A great season from the Trojans and Coach Martin. That brings me to Saturday where I went back to Champaign for the sectional baseball championship and saw Parker Detmers absolutely dominant and the Titans get a quick five-run lead and hang on from there. The game was all but over. The Titans are one win away from a trip to state after Saturday's win over Muhammad. That brings me to Monday, Super Sectional Monday, and the Titans get it done again. This time, thanks to Zane Danielson, who throws another shutout in the postseason and dominated the Triad Knights, Glenwood gets three runs and punches their ticket to state. That leads us to this weekend. It's Glenwood Baseball playing Washington on Friday morning at 10 a.m. in Joliet. Nice early morning for the 1450 crew, but the Titans are one win away from playing Saturday at about 11.30 for a 3A state title. Would be pretty cool to see the CSA go back-to-back in state baseball titles, along with having a basketball state champion this season and a football state runner-up in SHG. What's coming up on Channel 1450? Well, yesterday, I put up a nice feature piece about the Glenwood Blonde Hair Bandits. That's right, Blonde Hair Bandits or Blonde Bandits, whatever they want to call themselves. And also put up the Moreau Forsyth Baseball all-access piece from their trip to state Friday and Saturday. We'll have all the state baseball coverage from Glenwood, and they have an all-access camera. So look out for that content next week. Next Monday is the All-Star Softball game at UIS, and next Tuesday is the All-Star Baseball game at Lakeland. Those are always really fun events, and we'll have highlights and a couple of mic'd up and other fun pieces as well. That's all we really have planned for right now. Things pop up all the time in the summer, and we're getting ready for the Channel 1450 Awards Show on Thursday, June 30th at the State Fairgrounds. Make sure you reserve your ticket or get your full table. It's going to be an awesome event, and you don't want to miss it. Now, let's get to this week's guest. It's Glenwood Senior Eli Curtis, and we're talking Chatham, baseball, basketball, Lincoln Land, and plenty more. I'd like to welcome in Eli Curtis to the podcast this week. Eli, state-bound this weekend. Let's start there. How does it feel to say 
that not only did you graduate last weekend, but high school career lives on for one more weekend. Yeah, these past couple of weeks have been super, super fun. Uh, just the feeling that we're going to state and we work so hard for this. I'm coming off last year's tough loss and just all the hours we put in and to say that we're going to play for a state championship is, is a great feeling. Was there any moment during this postseason where you kind of where it kind of realized that you know anything could happen and, and then it's over like one one dropped ball one anything like that and it's done I mean has that kind of mm-hmm. did that kind of hit you at any point I mean not really no because I felt like we've controlled like most of the games we've played in like we yeah rather than that Jacksonville game when they got us first early uh, I feel like we've just been in control like the whole time and you know we just We've been in a comfortable spot, and our pitchers have done amazing, and we've we've kind of taken the the first lead of the game, and whenever we do that, we're we're really tough to beat. Yeah. When when the brackets get released, and you kind of see, you know, what what it's going to take, who you, who you matched up against, um, what were what were the original thoughts? I mean, in terms of Springfield and SHG going one way, you guys going a different way, being at home, how much did that kind of give you guys confidence going into the postseason. Yeah, I mean, hosting our own regional was really big for us because we play well at, obviously, Bob Erickson Field, and we we just were comfortable there, and we got a pretty good draw, we thought, in the regional. We knew Jacksonville was tough. You know, they've played U High tough all twice this year. Yeah. They were good. I mean, they, they have some scrappy scrappy wins. They put the ball in play, but we knew that regional game was a championship was going to be a tough game for us, and it was good to get over that hump. And then playing... Champaign Central in the first round of sectionals. I mean, we all know U High. Did we, you want U High? I mean, yeah, we yeah. haven't beat them. Yeah. We've never beat them before. Yeah. Ever since they joined the conference, Glenwood's never beat them, and they've always they just <laughs> they beat us every single year. I can year. tell that bothers you a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. We want them bad, and obviously, just to see them get beat was so surprising. You know, they had Jake Schwartz, and he pitched in that game. Obviously, through an unbelievable game, but never would I have thought that. Uh, Champaign Central could beat them. Yeah. And then the way it shakes out, and were you hoping to see Springfield in the championship just for the story? Or? <laughs> we we all thought it was going to be a rematch for yeah. sure. Yeah. You know, we just, with Seth going on the mound for them, he was dominant all year. We thought we were going to get them again. We were looking forward to it. Just the rematch, it would be a good crowd. Yeah, we, we thought we were going to get them, but, you know, Muhammad had a good kid. Yeah. They found a way to win, and that's how it worked out. How quick was the turnaround from Saturday to Monday? I mean, you don't really have time to, to think too much about triad or it's just kind of go out and play your game, right? Yeah, a lot of us enjoyed that, actually, that quick turnaround. Uh, we'd always talk how we just wanted the games to get here quick. Yeah. And we just didn't like to wait around to play and just to get that Sunday, just one day off, and then you're playing again against triad. It was really good. It was just it was cool to flip the page quick. Could you kind of feel last night that, like, the team was ready for that? I mean, sometimes you get a kind of sense of the energy in the dugout or before the games on the bus. What was the feeling like for you guys going into last night? Yeah, it started on Sunday whenever we had our, obviously, optional practice because it's a Sunday. But, of course, everybody came <laughs> out. Yeah. Uh, we just had a really good practice there. And, you know, it was just we talked about the energy and just staying focused is just a big part of this team. We have to stay focused. And we showed up. To the field ready to go we got early swings in in the cage just kind of relaxed goofing around and then 
we got we got really focused, ready to go, and we're like we said, we're pretty dangerous and we're all ready to go. What's it like when all the parents leave last night and you guys get on the bus? What's the what's the feeling like just knowing I mean all like you mentioned, all the hard work that you put in these last four years is for that moment. Yeah, it didn't feel real. This morning at our uh, Bible study ran by one of our teammates, Isaac Elliott, he uh, he mentioned that. He's like, it still just hasn't hit us yet. Yeah. Like, it feels so weird. Like, we're going to the state tournament. It's like what we all dreamed of and what we worked for. And it's just it's a great feeling. You know, we get to take a charter bus, get to stay the night. It's just we're really looking forward to this weekend. It couldn't come any quicker. Like you said, it can't come quicker. How long of a week is this? Just knowing, I mean, you guys aren't in school. Literally, all you have to think about is trying to get on that bus. And, and 10 a.m. Friday is early, but it's probably not early enough. Yeah, this is by far going to be the longest week of my entire life. And a lot of ours, it's just, what is it, Tuesday now? It's, it's going to take forever this week is. But, you know, we got to find a way to get through it. Work hard, get good night's rest, eat well, and... You know, Thursdays when when it starts, yeah. when we get when we get to go up to Chicago. So I want to kind of go back a little bit to to last year when it's a weird season, it's a crazy season, but you get a season in your junior year after not having one your sophomore year, and you guys were good. Everybody knows how good you were. You're playing for a sectional title. You in any sport that's tough to do. Um, so when you walk off that field. What goes through, I mean, what do you guys talk about as you walk off that field last year? Just knowing, I mean, you only get one shot, one more, and anything can happen. Somebody can get hurt, a ball can drop. I mean, what, what do you guys kind of talk about as you walk off that field last year? Just kind of like, you know, when you're sitting down in the summer and winter and you don't want to get up and get better, just got to think back and be like, yeah. You know, we lost that sectional game. We could have easily won it, and if we want to get past that game, we got to we got to work hard. We got to we got to get better. And I think a lot of us just did that. A lot of people put in work. A lot of people worked as hard as they could because we wanted to get past that game so bad. It it just hurts. Like <laughs> just I felt like we were in control of that game too. Yeah. Like, but that game was like you know the last person who was gonna bat was just gonna win that game. Yeah. But it hurt. But it's just such a good feeling knowing we're past it now. When you get into high school varsity athletics of any sport and people are like oh you know if you put in the extra work you're going to see it rewarded but can you kind of describe what exactly that means for people who maybe don't understand like people will be like oh well I show up to practice every day I do that stuff and that's not even half of what it has to be no that's it's not even close I mean varsity sports in general are just such a big difference than any it's just different it's a whole different game you you can't just show up to practice and Practice, you can't get better in practice. I think as a team you get better, but individually you have to, you got to put in work on your own. And it's it's a set schedule and it's a grind. But if you if you want to be who you want to be, that player, you got to put in work because varsity sports anywhere, just they're not easy. So what was that schedule like for you? What was your kind of off-season like to kind of make yourself better? Yeah, the fall was really important for me. Uh because last summer, of course, I couldn't do much because I that hamstring injury. But mm-hmm. the fall was super big. Obviously, me and Parker Detmers, we got we went to the gym pretty much every single day together, 
and just worked as hard as we could. We followed our program that we had, and you know, we felt like we got our bodies in good shape, put on some weight, played catch all the time, hit all the time, and then jumped into basketball season, and we got in even better shape in basketball season to prepare us for the season we're in now. So last fall, you talk about going to the gym. How long are you at the gym outside of the mandatory practices and stuff that you have? Yeah, we usually like to keep our sessions from less than an hour and 15 minutes maybe. Yeah. We keep it moving. We want to get a sweat going for sure. And we just, we, we work hard. And we knew that too. We, we realized what working hard was pretty quick. Yeah. You know, obviously he's going to Louisville. He knows how hard he has to work to be a good pitcher there. And just good to work out with him knowing he's got high expectations and big dreams. So that was pretty cool. So time in the gym. And then you talk about, you know, obviously what what was your throwing routine? When, how often do you throw? What do you throw? What's kind of that routine like in the off season? Yeah, so the fall, it was just a big emphasis. I need to get my arm stronger. So I'd always like to play catch with my dad personally. You know, it just I focus more with him, and he knows the game well. So he kind of took me through some things that he learned growing up. Obviously, you're not going to long toss every single day. You don't do that. So I feel like we just kind of work our way up. We'd start at about 60 feet, and then, you know, the next day we'd go at about – 120 and then the next day we'd probably do long toss and then you take a break you take a day off of course because you always need one and then we just kind of repeated that and repeated that and just just saw seeing the arm strength get so much better in the fall was just such a good feeling for me yeah what's the routine like in the cage what do you how much time what do you like do you have a certain number of balls you have to hit or what what kind of do you do there yeah in the cage it's it's just you got to see how many swings you can put together you know how many barrels you can get you don't want to sit in the cage for 30 minutes. You know, that was a big problem I had this year. I would just sit in there and never get out. And, like, I would just try and just be perfect. And you're not going to be perfect. So you want to hit about – my philosophy is always you want to be short. You want to short. You want to have good good rounds. You don't want to hit for 45 minutes. You 15 minutes maybe. Just can see how many balls you can barrel up and get out of there. I mean, don't tell my brother that because he'll sit in the cage for two hours. <laughs> and the next thing you know, he's thinking way too much. But Yeah. yeah. Well, like you said earlier, the, that, the fact that if you stay focused, you can stay focused for a short amount of time and get better quality out of it. Right. Quality, for sure. Just It's the, how many quality hacks you can get. 10, 15 minutes just focused and yeah. find barrels. So for a team... Individuals can get better in the offseason, but you know that it takes more than one or two guys. What did you guys do as a team to make sure that you stayed as a team? Because, I mean, one girlfriend issue, one anything, right. can really affect an entire team like that. Yeah, I think those guys really got really super close during the winter when they had workouts up at the school at night, you know, from 6 to 8 or 8 to 10. They bonded really well and looked like they had some really, really, really good workouts together. And, you know, they'd always do team dinners, stuff like that, just to stay focused. Obviously, the girlfriend's going to come, but yeah, they just, their goal, it's people's goal the whole time. We're, we want to we wanna win a state championship. We want to make it to the state tournament. Like, and they're working out in the winter. It's just looking at each other, and it's like, this is what we work for. We want to go. We want to make it to the state tournament. And then... Like you talked about, you and Parker and play basketball. Mason plays basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, so once we kind of get done with that, which we can talk about later, that sucked. Um, 
you know baseball's coming. You know it's your last season. You know all that stuff. Um, but at what point did you kind of see that this team was actually capable of it? You can dream about it. You can say this is the goal. But at what point did you kind of know, okay, this team can actually do it? Yeah, so obviously we won our first three baseball games against three really, really good teams right out of the bat. And it was like, okay, we're pretty good. You know, we can be good. And then we ran into U-High, and they swept us. And, you know, that was that killed us. I mean, that hurt so much. But I'd probably say about towards the end of the year, the Edwardsville game. Yeah. When we saw Zane do, I mean, he complete game shutout, Edwardsville, who's in the state tournament for 4A. What he did there, you know, I wouldn't say that game saved our season, but we could have gone out of that tournament 0-3 yeah. with three three losses, and we found a way to get out of there, and we beat the number one ranked team in the state. I think that got a lot of momentum momentum going for us, and then we were just playing good baseball. We were fine. Everybody was clicking at the right time. Yeah. We started putting them hitting hitting well. Everybody up and down the order, hitting well, throwing well, and we were playing our best baseball going into the postseason. You're talking about that game, and and coach kind of talked about it too last night, and on the radio when he said, you know, that game for Zane was huge for his confidence, but. Also, how much of the confidence in the rest of the team was there? Like you said, that mindset kind of switched where you're like, okay, not only do we have Parker, but we got another – like you have to have two dudes. You have to have two dudes at least to win a state title. And so not that you guys didn't think Zane was good. Right. But just to have that sort of confidence, that had to just be huge coming out of there. Yeah, I, I think you can ask anybody on the team right now and just – Looking around, I mean, the confidence that we have in Zane Danielson to go out on the mound and throw a complete gem is through the roof. I mean, I every time he gets the ball, you just feel like he's going to go seven or six. No yeah. hit, shut out innings. It's, he's came along so quickly, and it's just it's a great feeling, you know, having him and then Lorton too, yeah. and the bullpen. Me and Lorton in the bullpen back end. You know, it's going to be tough to beat. So obviously, got Parker Devers too, and then. Throwing a six-six lefty who's been unhittable the past month, you know we like our chances right now. What is it about him throwing that teams can't? Figure, not to give anything away, which I don't think we are, but I mean, what do you see from him that is the difference? Yeah, I mean, probably twenty-five people have asked me that question, now. <laughs> and it's just like he's six-six. Yeah, it's intimidating. He's got unbelievable run on his fastball. His arms are like eight foot long. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think who who told me it might have been Mitch Dye or maybe Seth Emson. They said he releases the ball and it looks like it's 30, 30 feet away from yeah. where he's releasing the ball, not yeah. sixty. Yeah. And just the amount of run he has on his ball, I mean, it's unreal. And then he throws that change up. I mean, his change up from right field. It just looks so unhittable. It's just six six plays a big role on it. You know, his yeah. run on his fastball, and then he gets. Keeps the hitters off balance with the changeup, and he hits spots. He's a pitcher. He's not a thrower. He goes in, he goes out, he goes up, and he's been unhittable. I mean, when you talk about that height, the first thing that comes to mind is, like, Randy Johnson. Right. I know he's a lefty, too, but, like, just the, not only the intimidation factor of being that tall, but, like you said, it feels like you're that much closer when you're just taking that big of a stride. Yeah. I mean, there's been – obviously – Looked around at practice, and it's like, we call him Randy Johnson. That's like his <laughs> nickname right now. He's, only if he could maybe hit the 90, 
on, on his fastball, <laughs> but it doesn't matter. It's just he, it looks equivalent to upper 80s because how tall he is and where he releases the ball. Yeah. And I I don't want to hit against a six 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 lefty in the left-handed batter's box. And yeah, I would not want to face St. Danielson right now. Do you think that teams like last night came in thinking that he is hittable? I mean, because it doesn't look intimidating necessarily, but then when you get in there, like you said, it's it's just different. Right. I think it's kind of like. You know, seeing him warm up in the bullpen, and he's so far away. I mean, he's not gonna—he's not throwing 90 miles per hour or anything. I yeah. mean, he's—he's he's got a little zip on it, but I think it's just when they get in the box and they're like, "Strike one." I didn't see that pitch. You're 0 and 1, 0 and 2 again. He hides the ball so well, and he just keeps back the hitters off balance. And second, third time through the order, they still don't hit. They still can't pick up what he's doing. And I don't think I've hit off him this year in practice yet, so <laughs> I don't I don't know what it is. I mean, he's been un- unreal. Um, we talked about Zane. I want to talk a little bit about Parker. What? I mean, everybody will just say, "Oh, he's a Detmers." That's that's right. it. But like, it, it takes. It's not just that easy. Like, if it were that easy, everybody would do it. Um, what? What have you seen from him in terms of how he's grown in high school? Just in the last couple of years. Yeah, obviously his his dad just knows the game so well. You know, he's he played in the minor leagues and he just he knows the game so well. His brother Reed knows everything about pitching. So he just they, he's followed a strict throwing program for a while now. Mm-hmm. You know, he I don't think he started throwing a curveball until his freshman year of high school. You know, he never has arm problems and he's a hard worker. Can throw the ball 600 yards, long toss, and I, he's times where he's unhittable. You know, he has off nights. You can have an off night and still strike out 12 yeah. and give up maybe a run or two. Because people will go into the game being like, oh, your brother's Reed Detmers, your brother plays in the majors. And, like, that could be to your advantage, but at the same time, everybody wants to get a hit off you. It doesn't matter. <laughs> they don't care if they win or lose. They'll be like, oh, I got a hit off of him. Um, how does that kind of mindset, when you see that, like from a different team? Yeah, but that's where I feel bad for him because he's going to get everybody's best. You know, I mean, his brother's in the big leagues. His brother just threw a no hitter not even a month ago. You know, to get to say I get to go up and bat against Parker Detmers. Yeah, just the focus. I feel like just you're so ready for that game as the opposing team. You know, to say one day I got a hit off this guy, and to where this guy could maybe play in the big leagues one day. Just stuff like that, and the opposing teams are just ready to go against him, and it doesn't bother him much. Uh, you know, they might say some things in the dugout about his brother and That's stuff like that. Game. Yeah, I mean, it's part of the game. Doesn't yeah. seem like it bothers him. It doesn't bother. It might him actually piss him off more. Than <laughs> yeah, and he throws a ninety-three mile per hour fastball yeah. past you. Yeah, um, but also want to ask, like, when a kid like that comes into high school and already commits to a program like that. Um, it would be easy to just, like you said, take a couple of days off at the gym or not do that stuff. Um, so what is it in him that makes him kind of tick? Yeah, I feel like when he was at the younger age, you know, he would always have to, his dad would always have to tell him, you know, you, you can't you can't sit around. But now he's he knows what it takes and yeah. he doesn't take many off days. You know, he is always talking to his brother, learning the game and. He knows what it takes to be a, a great pitcher, and these past two years, he's 
he's came along, he's worked super hard, and he's one of the best in the state. So we've seen your brother come through and be successful. Um, we talked about the Detmers family. Um, we haven't talked about the Mayton family, but uh, there's just, what is it about Chatham that produces baseball like Bob Riding produces trucks? I mean, what is it? I mean, I, I don't know. It's weird. I mean, <laughs> is it just? I mean, it's just. It, it's kind of the culture. It's the expectation, right? Um, but is that also kind of just like you know? That's how you grow up. So that's what you do. You go. You want to watch games. You want to watch the guys make it to state, which I'm sure you did. You want to watch Jason Worth. Um, is that just how you kind of grow up? Yeah, it's just kind of Chatham. It's kind of like Rochester football. You know, they're they never have a down year. You know, if we blend with baseball, that's, I kind of feel the same way. And you just see guys like that growing up, the Nick Matons, and just see how hard that he worked. You know, they have a hitting facility in Litchfield, and, I mean, he was there every day. To see his brother Phil in the big leagues, who's had an unbelievable first couple of years. Just, I mean, you got to give credit to the coaches, though, too, of course. Yeah. I mean, Pat Noomey, he knows the game more than anybody probably around here. And then Coach Erickson and our, our whole staff, you know, they know the game. He, he's been there before. He's pitched in the minor leagues. He's had a lot of success. Bob Erickson, you know, he's always at the field. He, he tells you his background knowledge on how to be a good baseball player and how to make it. So it's just stuff like that. A lot of people know the game in the Chatham community. It's like growing up in a library, and if you want to learn, you'll learn. And if not, you know, mm -hmm. you can do something else. But this is what everyone is going to do. What What's kind of your first sort of baseball memory growing up? Oof. Uh, probably seventh grade, actually. This is kind of a little bit later than yeah. by what you expected, but I'll never forget. I was with Sam Holvey, Noel McMasters, on spring break, and we were running up to watch Reed Detmers throw his first game ever as a Glenwood Titan against SHG, or his first conference game ever against SHG. Yeah. I remember running up, and he struck out 15 batters, <laughs> flat out unhittable, yeah. seeing the MLB scouts all in the in the stands with their radar guns, and just watching him just throw an absolute gem, and he was so unhittable, and that that's kind of stuck in my mind, been stuck in my mind for a while. Yeah, um, so at that point, you guys at that age are, you know, you're obviously playing baseball, but you don't understand, like, that level of it. Um, you, your dad played in college, so do you kind of go to your dad or your brother and say, you know, someday that's going to be me, or how, how do we get to that point? Yeah, that's always been a dream of mine. Like, you know, it's just, it, I'm grateful to have such a good base, baseball family. You know, my grandpa, my uncle, obviously my dad played Division One. now my brother, and just talking the game and talking about what how you, how you how to make it and what it takes and the hard, all the hard work so I'm I'm grateful for that because obviously my dad's not gonna he's not gonna play it easy on me he's gonna tell me the truth and if you want to make it you got to do all this stuff blah 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 but yeah I'm I'm grateful for that as a having a brother who's older um, I have three younger brothers but I mean the situation is the same where they can tell you something and you can either take it for what it is or you can be like, shut up, leave me alone. Um, I feel like your brother really 
made that jump when he got to Legoland and said, I can either do this or I can not. And he went all in, and it clearly has paid off. Um, what, what's been the conversations like there where you, where you say, I'm ready to make that jump as well when I go there? Yeah, obviously he tells me, you know, it's, it's going to take a lot of work to make a big jump like he did. And, you know, I mean, I just can't get over how big of the, the jump he took. I mean, it's... I mean, he was, he was playing his senior year, but he wasn't right. anywhere yeah. near a Region 24 Player of the Year type. I never would have guessed right. that. Yeah, so obviously that's all it's on my mind a lot, of course. Yeah. At least a couple of times a day, I just, you know, next year there's going to be a lot of pressure on me at Link Land, but I don't have a problem with it. Like, you know, I, I, I think I can make the jump too, I yeah. believe, and I'm looking forward to it. Um, does it also help too that you got a guy like Zane who you're both just balling out right now and yeah. you know you, you kind of get to go through that together yeah it's like last night I told him you know I just can't wait to continue next year and things we can do next year and how we're looking forward to Lincoln Land we feel like we got a good group coming in and we want to get back to Enid next year for sure yeah not let Harlan do it I mean it's going to be tough of course <laughs> if they bring back all they have this year because yeah. they were they were special this year pretty good um you're you play outfield, but you're also kind of the closer. What what goes into that role? Because I feel like as a as a pitcher, you have to be a special kind of person, but a closer is a different different kind of breed of a pitcher. Yeah, I, I love that situation personally. Like it's I wouldn't rather want to be put in any other situation. I feel like that's why Coach has me there. He believes in me in that situation, and I mean that's stuff I dream about. Like coming into game three two game closing the door and you know it's just I love it it's 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 easy to focus in those situations these for me obviously and I know I can't I can't make a mistake as a closer you know if you make a mistake and that ball's gone it's a tie game so the focus the adrenaline it's a it's a good feeling how does that compare to being down one you get the ball off the inbounds against Southeast and have two seconds to put up a shot. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I I can't really remember much from that well, because, Southeast game. I mean, <laughs> just to go back to that, like the type of person it takes to want the ball in that situation is different, and it's the same thing with the closer. Yeah, you got to want the ball, otherwise you're going to get exposed real fast. Yeah, no matter like sometimes you show up to the baseball field and it just doesn't feel right when you're throwing the ball like in warm-ups. You just you don't have it that day. And the same thing in basketball is like I didn't feel like I had it against Southeast that day, but when it came to the end of the game, like I got to want the ball. I wanted the ball in baseball no matter if I'm on or not. And the same thing in basketball, you know, I didn't think I played well that game, but I want to take that shot as a senior with 5 seconds left in a tie game to win a huge conference game. So yeah. Um, how long have you been playing basketball? More longer than baseball, or not? yeah, I've been playing basketball since probably three or four years old. Yeah, that was by far my first love of sports. What was it about basketball that you loved? Uh, pretty a lot, everything. I think the big part of it was we had season tickets to Illinois basketball at such a young age, and just growing up, I've always wanted to play. I told myself I was going to be playing for Illinois one day in yeah. basketball, stuff like that. Just shooting shooting in the backyard after every school day, going up to the, the park and playing. And 
I found a love in that game real quick. But just kind of past couple years, it's just been I kind of want to focus on my baseball career, and that's where I, I want to play after high school. Is it going to be hard this October, November when you're not getting ready? Yeah, it hasn't, it hasn't hit me yet, but yeah. I'm sure whenever the fall comes around and knowing they're just a couple weeks away to start a basketball season, it's it's going to hit me for sure because I wouldn't trade this last basketball season for anything. I mean, I've never had so much fun playing basketball in my entire life. Just how big of a jump the team made is flat out unbelievable. Yeah. Three-win team. What did we go? Three and ten. Had 21 wins. And you lose in a sectional championship game to East St. Louis. Just, I'll I'll never get over that. Just how big of a jump the program made. What's your take on Cody? I could talk about him for (laughs) two hours. I mean, what he did to me my senior year and how he just, such an impact on my success. And he made me a better basketball player, but in the, in the big scheme of things, he made me an overall just a complete better person and taught me so much about the real world and life. And, yeah, I couldn't be more happy for him to step in as coach my senior year. He's made a big, big impact on my on my life. What would you kind of point out as the key? I mean, was it – did he hold you guys accountable? Was it discipline? Like, what, what do you think it was? I mean, it was, it was everything. We walked in there and – He's by far the hardest, one of the hardest workers I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, we'd get there early for weightlifting in the school. He'd be down in the office watching film, watching videos. And just some of the early practices in the season, uh, I just had to remind myself that this, this is going to be worth it because we had two to three-hour practices where it was some of the worst <laughs> worst times of my entire life. And like, like, what, like what you said, the accountability, he, I mean – He's dis- you're very disciplined. You have to follow a very strict set of rules. And if you don't follow them, you're not going to play. You're, yeah. you're, you're not going to have a jersey. What was your f- – I mean, we talked about that Southeast moment, but what was your favorite kind of basketball moment this, this year? I think, I think it was Centralia for sure. Beating them in the sectional semifinal, just such a great team win. You know, they were ranked, what, top five in the state. A lot of people predicted them to go pretty far. And that gym was like 90% Centralia. Yeah. Everyone did. Yeah. That place was packed, just for, like like you said, Centralia. And just to see Weston go out with two fouls early in the game and to see how some of our younger guys responded. Josh Jones, you know, he played a big role in that game. Yeah. Obviously, Mason Marshall. And, I mean, just. Jamarian Smith didn't get enough credit for that game at all. No. He shut down a second-team All-Stater. Mm-hmm. The kid made one three, and that was it the whole game. He averaged like 18 points a game. That was just a really, really big team win for us. And There's a big difference between a sectional semifinal and a sectional championship. And to say we got past that sectional semifinal is just an unbelievable feeling. Because there's teams that can win a regional just based on who's in that regional. Let's be honest. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, yeah, we won a regional. And it's great to win a regional. Don't get me wrong. A lot of teams would take that any day. But like you said, once you get to that sectional, it's like, okay, if you win one there, you kind of prove that you're legit. And then you're like, oh, dang, we're only two games away from state. Like, Yeah, that, that was big for us because, I mean, yeah, our regional wasn't the greatest, like you said. I mean, still Jacksonville. There's kind of the same thing in basketball. They fight, yeah. you know. They play well, good coach. 
but we just got to we got past that game and then that sectional semifinals like here we can gain some respect for some, from some people yeah. and really get our name out there and we knew that that was such a big game for us and to get that win had a I wouldn't say it made no I didn't make our season because we wanted to go of course to the state tournament yeah. but that that was a good 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 part of the season um What's been your, what would you say is the most memorable sports moment for you as a player? I mean, it's got to be that buzzer beater against Southeast. Yeah. It has to be. Just everything that went into that play with how I shot it, the floater, (laughs) like from three feet behind the three-point line, off balance, the roll it got, and then just the... Student section coming onto the court, rushing the court. That was, that was, unreal, unbelievable feeling. What's a possible outcome this weekend that would top that? Probably, probably getting the ball in the seventh inning to win a state tournament, or coming up. You know, let's say we're down a run or two, bases loaded. Yeah. Final out of the season. You know, hitting a ball down the line or up the middle scoring two and winning the state tournament but any just in any way we win the state tournament yeah. you know not individually at all like let's say Nolan McMaster's it's a walk off home run or something that'll probably top the southeast moment for sure is say I'm a I'm a high school state champion as we go into this weekend and like you said you guys are I mean two games away 14 innings away whatever it is um what what will you remember this team most for as you look back and especially your group of seniors who've gone through so much with the last couple of years? Just how, how close we are as a team. You know, everybody's a great teammate. Everybody just wants to win, and especially the seniors. I think why we've made it so far in this, in this run, in this tournament, is because a lot of us seniors have played with each other from 7U until now. In the summer, you know, we've that was always been our goal. We want to stick together. We want to make good friendships. And I think that's, again, had a huge impact on how we've made it so far in this tournament. Is there any other outcome this weekend not winning a state title that you'd be happy with? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. You know, you don't. we don't want to get second place or third or fourth place. I mean... Yeah, that's pretty good, but you know, we, we definitely want to leave Joliet with a state championship. I think that's a good way to end it. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Special thanks to Eli for taking the time. He's a busy guy this week. I appreciate the time and the insight. Fun conversation there. Thanks to Northwestern Mutual for the podcast this week and every week. Thank you for listening. We got to 50. Thank you all. I'll see you next week. Thank you.